Amen. If you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn with us to 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 through 9. <clears throat> Are you getting your spot? I had my doctor's appointment this week, my annual, and uh, I have a knot right here. And it's real evident. This, this rares right up when you do that. And uh, there's not one over here. And I asked him, I said, what, what is this? And he looked at it. He said, that's what we call a Bible bump. I said, sure enough. He said, yeah. You know how you preachers do it? <clears throat> so that's what he said. That's all he called it. So I've got my Bible bump. After 35 years, I finally got my Bible bump. <laughs> well, praise the Lord. Age comes with a lot of things. First Peter chapter 2, verses 1 through 9. <clears throat> Wherefore, laying aside. Now, here's what we need to lay aside, y'all. You listen. Because <clears throat> some of us in here, we're guilty of some of this, and we were so hard-headed and stubborn, we won't lay it down. I want you to notice what he says. Lay it down, lay it aside, get rid of all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings. Here's why. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. If so, be ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious to whom coming as unto a living stone disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. Ye also as living stones are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Wherefore also it is contained in the scriptures, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Unto you therefore, which believe he is precious, but unto them which are disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner. And the stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Father, in the name of Jesus, touch our hearts, touch our lips, our tongue. And Lord, we just want you to anoint this service to anoint your holy word afresh and anew today. And God will love you and give you praise for everything. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, it's a time of year of growth everywhere you look. I mean, just riding down the road this week, uh, and I'm riding along, I'm just looking, and I, I just thank God for my eyes, because I said, look, look, wow, look at the green grass the different shades of green grass, the, the different shades of green trees, all doing what they're supposed to do. And to go out in the garden, I mean, hey, I scrubbed and I scrubbed my hands. I'm going to have to use muriatic acid on them, looks like, uh, to get the weed stain off. And I just thought yesterday as I was pulling weeds and it was so hot. 
and I was wringing wet, and I thought, man, if I was, if I was raising weeds, I'd be on top of it. I mean, I'm having to hunt the okra because the ragweeds have decided we're going to outgrow them this year. Well, thank God for the wonderful rain that has caused that magnificent growth. And, uh, hey, the vegetables are coming. And, and God is so good. Yesterday we had uh, zucchini squash and, and regular squash and onions and, uh, out of the garden. And, I mean, my goodness, it was just it was just delicious. Of course, the cook made the difference, you know. I didn't have a thing to do with it. I put the seed in the ground, and, and God grew it, and, and I picked it and took it in and laid it down. And next thing I know, I'm putting it in my mouth. I mean, it's a time of growth. It's a time of growth in the life of this church. Uh, we made mention the other Sunday that uh, the, the auditorium over there was built somewhere around 1948. Now, if you're in here today and you were around and you remember that, would you stand up? It's okay to stand up if you're able. Hey, stand up, raise your hand, do something. 1948. Wow, thank y'all. I was one year old, living in Pierce Town, trying to grow. <laughs> I'm still growing. We got ladies expecting babies. We got babies already here, and I'm serious. You need to go and just walk through that section of the building over there. Uh, it is magnificent. Our babies are growing, our teenagers are growing, and some of us are getting thicker. You know, it, hey, I didn't say fatter. It's thicker. It's that much more to hug. Growth. I don't want you to miss out on this. Right at the beginning of that scripture, get rid of those things. If you and I are guilty of any of that junk, get rid of it. We don't have time for it. We don't have a place for it. As we begin our groundbreaking today, it's an exciting time in the life of this church to move forward again. Somebody say, oh, you just got out of debt and you're going back in. I say, yeah, church ought to stay in debt. Hey, we're not a banking institution. We're not a loaning institution, Okay. We're searching institutions. We're searching for people, more people, but we want to prepare for them. Last Sunday, if you were here, you realized that we were more than 80% full. And they tell us when we're 80% full, it's time to do something. Well, we're probably about 98% full, and hey, we're fixing to start something. Okay? There are going to be a lot of things going on, a lot of things happening, a lot of change. And you're going to get disrupted here and disrupted there. And you're going to see dirt here and dust there. But just praise God. Sweep it up. Pick it up. Do whatever you have to do. All right? The church is one foundation. And it's Jesus Christ. There is no other, y'all. There never has been. Never will be. And as Brother Mark sang, what a wonderful job a church will rise. Jesus, in fact, has said himself, upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. You know, the only thing that's going to stop all that over there if you'd quit your giving. I don't know how many of you are working on projects out of the money that you got, but I hope that you're doing something with that money. If you got a dollar, you surely ought to bring back two dollars. If you got 20, you ought to bring 40. If you got more than that, you ought to double it. Somebody said, oh, I've already got mine. I said, well, take that and double it again. Hey, you got time. 
Don't stop at the first base. Go to the second. Go to third. Because I'm looking to get home, y'all. I can't. I, I just hope I'm alive and well. Come Christmas, they say, Lord willing, weather uh, uh, cooperates and, and the material's here on time and the workers stay safe, that we might be in there by Christmas. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Magnificent. A growth time to invite and encourage people to come and be a part. The church is one foundation. And I'll tell you something. We're, we're, listen, uh, the stones that's in this same building uh, there's only one Savior, Jesus Christ, and only one spiritual building, and that is the church. You know what you and I are? We're pillars. We're pillars. Many years ago, uh, some of you will remember when Souls Harbor was built. I don't know how long that's been. It's been a long time. And I was called, the pastor there then, he, he said, I, I need you to come and look at our our plans. And we went and looked at the plans. He said, you, you think you can put the foundation in for this thing? I said, yes, sir, I can. And I said, you let me know when you get it ready. And so Josh and I went and we laid block there for about three and a half days doing nothing but building pillars. Several church members came by, as I hope they'll come by over here, be looking, asking questions. Hey, it's okay. It's not going to be an off-limits thing, but you don't want to get in a dangerous situation. But anyhow, some church members came by and they said, my goodness, how come so many piers under this thing? Pillars. I said, how much do you weigh? He told me. I said, how many people you think will be in this building at one time that weighed the same thing as you? He said, well, he called a cow. I said, how much weight do you think that is? I said, well, he tried to get. I said, when you walk across this floor, you ain't going to be bouncing. You know, put the pillars in there. It's going to take every one of us as pillars, y'all. Every one of us got to carry a weight. You can be slack if you want to. You can be slicky if you want to. You can be slimy or you can be sorry. Or either you can step up and be all God wants you to be and be the kind of pillar that God wants you to be because the church is one foundation. We're all standing on Jesus Christ. Amen? It's him. It's not us. This building is going to be for him, for his glory. Okay? People drive by. Hey, they, gone, they already seen the, the Joe, Dale, Joe Davis sign out here. And they know something's fixing to happen. And they, they'll ask questions. What y'all fixing to do? I said, we're fixing to add 200 more seats at least. 200? I said, yes, 200 more. Well, no, we don't have 425 people. But we need room for growth. It's amazing to me. People will go, and I've been, and they will sit in a ball game or a circus or some social event and be sitting on top of one another. But they won't sit close to one another in church. It's crowded. I need, a, I need room to spread out. Well, try that at the ball game and you'll get slapped in the next week. But Jesus Christ, hey, he is the chief cornerstone. That's what the book said. I didn't say it. I want you to notice in verse 4, uh, it's amazing how God spoke the word. And this is what he, how he describes that, that chief cornerstone. Listen. A living stone. That's Jesus. He is the living stone. He is the only one who was alive, died, rose again that can save you and me. Amen? Hello? I'm serious. He is it. He is the living stone. There's not another. There never will be another. I want you to look what he says there. He said chosen stone. You know, I've, I've laid a lot of rock in my time and 
Just this last week, I, uh, well, it was on Friday, or, or yeah, Friday, I was laying rock in, in Seneca, and, and I was picking the things up, and I would uh, look at it, and I'd try to find a place where it fit, and the man I was doing the work for, he said, man, just lay the rock. He said, you're going to be here a long time if you keep looking. I said, look, if this rock got a certain place, it's got to go, and I've got to fit it in. It's, it's got to fit in, and that's why he said a chosen stone. Nobody else was chosen but the Lord Jesus Christ to come to this earth, to lay his life down for you and me, as sorry as we are, he died on the cross for us. Nobody else could do that. He was a, he's a living stone. He's the chosen stone. That verse also said he's precious. Is there any other? Mm-mm. There's not another that's going to listen to me when I whine. Nobody. But him. He'll listen when you whine. He'll listen when you cry. He'll listen when you praise him. You know, I'm thinking about the rocks. Down there in verse 8, he talks about that rock. You know, Lord willing, we're going to get the footings dug. We're going to lay some rock down in there mixed with concrete, gravel, rock to make a solid foundation. Then we're going to lay some block on that. It has to do with even rock in it. And then the lumber's going to come together with nails and glue. And then it's going to be time for the brick more. And I think of when I, when I, when I, when I lay rock, I, I think of the of the individual rocks. There's not a one that's alike. What holds those things in place? It's the mortar. You and I, there's not a one of us alike. What holds us in place? It's the Holy Spirit of God that puts us there and holds us where we need to be. I ask you this, are you where you need to be? I hope that you are. If you're not where you need to be, you need to get there this morning. I've heard it many times and I love to hear it. When I was following baseball with Caleb, he'd be on second base just having a spell to run and the ball hadn't even been thrown. And as soon as the action took place, you would hear the third base coach screaming top of his lungs, get here, get here. He meant get there, whatever it took. Now the Lord wants us. He's, he's shouting, get here. Get here with your money. Get here with your work. Get here with your labor. Get here with your sweat. Get here by bringing people with you. I'm going to tell you something. When we, when we started some work at, at Earl's Grove, it was amazing to me. People would just stop by. In fact, there was two men. The day that I was started the, the block work on that basement part of that building, two men stopped by. One man stopped by. I didn't even know him. Got out of his car, walked up, had his trial in his hand. He said, I'm looking for work. I said, well, I'd be glad to have you, but this is voluntary. We don't pay a dime. He said, is that right? I said, yes, sir. I said, I'll feed you. He said, what you want me to do? And he helped me for the next two or three days lay block. It was either that evening or the next morning another guy drove up, one of my friends. He said, brother, I didn't know you was doing something. I was down this away. He was from Tennessee. He said, you need some help? I said, I sure do. Let me get my trial. And I wrote a story about two angels, and they was them who showed up. It's amazing that you're going to be amazed. Listen, 
you're going to be amazed if you are amazed with God. You're going to be amazed at what's going to happen over here in the next few weeks and months that lie ahead. If you and I are where we're supposed to be, they're going to be people showing up. They're going to be driving by. They're going to be asking questions. And you and I need to be positive so they want to come back. Be here. I can't imagine. I can envision, and I've seen the drawings, and I've heard many conversations about it, but I, I, can, I can close my eyes and envision what it's going to look like. But probably not exactly what it's going to look like. But we want to be here, y'all. We want to experience what God is going to do over the next few months. And if we'll just do our part, we're pillars. We're supporting. We're sitting on the foundation of the, of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are sitting there. And as it said in, in, in verse 4, he's a living stone, a chosen stone, a precious stone. And there's nothing we can do to change it, so we need to sit on it. It ain't going nowhere. The foundation in the Lord Jesus Christ is not going anywhere. You see, there's a unity about our people here, okay? But I want you to listen now. I don't have a clue who it is. It doesn't matter who it is, but evidently there's something on your heart and something on your mind goes on the care card a lot of time, praying for unity in our church. We do need that. We need unity. We need to stand together, y'all. What if Jesus Christ decided, hey, I'm, I'm done. Y'all can do what you want to. I am done. You can call Ram Jack if you want to, but it ain't going to help a thing. But Jesus is not going to do that. He's going to be here. He don't have to see what we're going to do. He already knows what we're going to do. But we don't know. We got to be willing. Willing. How many of us would walk across any parking lot or walk across any room and see trash and just kick it and go on? Me as a sorry, low-down sinner, what if Jesus had to pass by and say, oh, yeah, get that out of the way. It's not worth fooling with. That's our attitude sometimes about people who come. Okay, I tried, and I know many of you did yesterday, and I saw you, and I thank God for you who was speaking to guests that came here yesterday. Many of you spent time with those people. That's what they need. One, one lady told Lynn, she said, y'all are so nice and friendly. And that's what it's about, loving people. I don't care what they look like, smell like, act like, love people. God loved me when I was a low-down, rotten nothing. We got to love people, y'all. You can invite them, you can encourage them, but if they don't feel any love out of you, no care, why should they come? Why does people go to Walmart? <laughs> they got everything. They got a greeter there. Hey, how you doing? Take a buggy. You know, <laughs> that's what, hey, when people walk in here, hey, how you doing? Where would you like to sit? I was so thankful. I believe it was last Sunday. Uh, Gary Freeman, have I overlooked him this morning or does he get sick? Right there. Last Sunday, I don't know who the person was, but they were looking for somebody and they came in and Gary ushered them all the way down to a seat. And I thought, hallelujah, somebody's got it. Don't let somebody walk in here and go to, go to look in which way to go. Walk up. Scare them to death. Hey, I love you. Glad you've come. Where would you like to sit? 
Oh! And then on top of that, say, you have somewhere to eat lunch? I want to take you to lunch. You'll see Lynn and, out a lot, uh, uh, Lynn and I out a lot. And most of the time we're not always by ourselves. Because we want to carry somebody with us. We want to buy their lunch. Or their, we want to buy for them. We want to do it for them. We're trying to win them over. We're doing anything we can to share the love of God. Listen, he's the rock. You, you can't change it. I'm going to tell you something about the rock. I want you to listen. Where is it at there? Verse 8. And a stone of stumbling. You know why it was a stone of stumbling for that, that bunch of Israelite crowd? Because they didn't believe in it. They stumbled over him, and he was right in their midst. So many times people today stumble over Jesus because you and I have become a stumbling block. We claim to be saved, and our actions don't prove it. We claim to be saved, and our conversation don't back it up. We need to walk the talk and talk the walk. And we need to stand tall for the Lord Jesus Christ. A stumbling and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. It's not my righteousness. When we look at the rock, it's his righteousness. It's his righteousness. Bible says my righteousness is as filthy rags. Okay, what do you do with filthy rags? You discard them. You get rid of them. They're no good. But my righteousness is his. I am what I am because of who he is. That rock is a rock of obedience. Our Lord Jesus Christ was obedient. The Bible says even unto death. And I need that rock. I need to be obedient to the word of God. And I think of that, I think of Christ who cares. He cares. People don't care how much you know until you show them how much you care about them. About them. Care about them. I just praise God already now, already. I'm going to praise him right now for those who are going to be preparing the meals this week and for the food. Just praise God for them right now. God's good. And I don't know, I don't know, but I saw yesterday it was precious to me. Little children laying on the sidewalk and people taking a big old chalk and drawing all around. Be still now, be still. They draw all around. Now get up and look at you. But I wonder, I wonder how many crossed that path out there this morning and said, who in the world has done this? <laughs> My goodness. Christ cares. Do you care? When I think of that rock, I think of the King of kings and the Lord of lords who is coming, who's going to stop in the clouds. This week would have been a great week for him to come. Clouds everywhere. You say, what if it's a clear day? He'll create a cloud because he's coming and he's going to stop in the clouds. And because he is in charge and he is the rock, hey, he's going to settle it. He will settle it. Oh, I think about all the things that God does for us and we, we whine and we grab him, we complain. Look at verse 9. Here we are. 
What's it say? Chosen generation. Can you imagine? Chosen. That's by the grace of God, y'all. By the grace of God. You call it because he loves us. Chosen generation. Look what else it says. Royal priesthood. Holy nation. I'm thankful today that I did not have to get up and go somewhere and talk to a man to pray for me. I don't need to go to the priest. I believe in the priesthood of believers. God, when Jesus died, the Bible says that the the curtain, the veil was torn from top to bottom, opened up the way for you and for me to go directly to the throne of God and pour our heart out to him. And in spite of that, look what it says. A peculiar people. You ever been called peculiar? You're just plum peculiar. You know it? Say, I just like the Bible says. A peculiar people. <laughs> and next door to that is cousin choir. You choir, you know it? I say, I'm choir. <laughs> I'm peculiar. And I'm miraculously made. If you don't believe it, check with God. He even set my inside parts where they're supposed to be. It's amazing, isn't it? I won't ask you to raise your hand if you still got your gallbladder. You're blessed if you still got it. I probably hadn't been in Oconee long. I found out that the doctors were after gallbladders. And I found out what they were doing was making footballs out of them. I'm just joking. <laughs> but it seemed like every time you go to the hospital, you got sick pain here and pain there, and they say, got to take his gallbladder out. God put it in there for a reason. And the doctors are taking them out. You know, hey. Well, as long as they don't mess with my mouth, I'll be all right. It's amazing, guys. Jesus is the rock. And he said, you're a peculiar people. And he says, you need to show forth the praises of him. Why? Because he called you out of darkness. Out of a sinful life. He called you out of that sinful life. Look what it says. Into his, not mine, his marvelous light. You know what I'm going to be praying for? I'm going to be praying for the, for the worker's safety. Construction's not easy. Construction's hard. Construction's dangerous. People are killed on construction sites every week. We'll pray for their safety. Hey, they're starting in the hot, hardest part of the year. I'm going to pray God to send clouds. <laughs> clouds! You can tell the difference, buddy, if you're out in a blistering, boiling sun and God rolls a cloud over there, I mean, the temperature drops. I want to be one of those, too, along the way that brings a cup of water, hands somebody a cup of water in the name of Jesus. Your son, cool off a little bit. You've been chosen, guys. I didn't choose you. You didn't choose me. God chose us. And he wants us to be all he'd have us to be. Well, it makes mention a lot about the stone there. Chief cornerstone. 
You know, without any braces or anything going on, these walls would not stand without a corner. Corner. Corner connects them. Ties it in. A corner. I love to look at brickwork and just look at the corner. One going this way and one that one. They lapped and tied. Jesus is the chief corner stone. In fact, he's the one that the Bible says he's the one that the builders rejected. Get that out of here. It won't fit. But God says, God looks at us. Hey, we're a stone that's been resurrected from a life on its way to hell to a life on its way to heaven. And yes, we have some rough edges. You mark it down. The church is under construction, by the way. All of us are under construction. God's not done with us. We are peculiar people that he's working on. And the world says, man, that's a rough looking thing going on. But wait till the finished product. Just wait till we get home. When I think of that stone, he talks about there the living stone, a precious stone, a chosen stone, a, a, a chief cornerstone, and a elected by God the Father, confounded. Listen, that stone is a stone of salvation. You with me? It's a stone of salvation. It's a stone you can trust. It's also a stone of obedience. It's a stone of never leave you nor forsake you. And it's an eternal stone. And it'll be there when everything else is gone. The Word of God, the Bible says the Word of God will stand forever. Nobody's going to take it away. Jesus said, upon this rock, I'll build my church. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I'm going to be there to the end. I'm going to be there for the duration. You ain't got to call me to see if I'm mad. You ain't got to call me to see from nothing. I'm sold out. I'll be here. That's what I was requested to do. Just show up. I don't know how many men were here yesterday, but I was surprised that there wasn't any more men here than there were yesterday. Guys, I'm talking to you. Well, I had grass to cut, so did I. I had weeds to pull, so did I. Three o'clock in the afternoon? Hey. I know some of you, really, you had beef where you were, but when we have a church function, guys, I want you men to show up. Be here in support. Hey, I know some of you are on vacation, too. You know where you were. And you know if that was good enough or not. And God knows. But the bottom line is, you're peculiar. Bible said you was. And so am I. But I love peculiar people. And you tell people, I love peculiar people. Why do you do that? Because it's in the Bible. Show me. You show them. I'm peculiar. I just want us to be together on everything that's going on. And I'm satisfied some of you here this morning, you did not vote for it. You're still not in favor of it. But listen, when it's all said and done, it's going to be like this. You're going to be so happy. So, in your peculiarness, please come on, get on board, and be one of those pillars sitting on 
the foundation, which is Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your presence. Thank you for allowing us to be in this place today. And Lord, you know what's going to happen in just a few moments as we go through a ceremony of breaking ground. And Lord, we know it's just a ceremony, but we want to do it in honor of you. We want to do it in respect of you. Because if it weren't for you, we would have no church. If it weren't for you, nobody would have died for the church. But you did, Father. You did through your son, Jesus. And how we do thank you and praise you that he's alive today. And hallelujah, we're looking for his return. And Lord, it'd suit me if we got the building all done and didn't even get to use it. God, I just pray that you just guide us. Give us courage to move forward in your name. And we'll praise you for all you do in Jesus' name. Amen.